to the High Praises Church podcast. We hope you are blessed by today's sermon. Now here's lead pastor, Chris Starr. I want to preach. This is just a flow from what we've been seeing right into the Word. I want you to turn to the book of Ephesians chapter 1, and I want to read, I want to read verse 7. And then verses 13 and 14, Ephesians chapter 1. I've entitled this message, Redemption. Redemption. And you're going to see why these songs segue so perfectly into into the sermon that I'm going to preach today. And and while you're turning there, you look good. It's good to see you guys in church this morning. Every week it's getting bigger and bigger. And just good to see everybody here. Here's what Paul wrote in Ephesians chapter 1 verse 7. In him, in Jesus, we have redemption through his blood. The forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace. And then if you go to verse 13, it says, In him you also trusted after you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also, having believed, you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise, who is the guarantee of our inheritance until the redemption of the purchase possession. Mark that phrase until the redemption of the purchased possession to the praise of his glory. All right, thank you. You can be seated. Um, I want to begin this message by talking about Jesus. When you go through the Bible and you peruse the pages of the Bible, you see that Jesus has many titles. We know him as Savior. We know he is our deliverer. He is our healer at times. He is our sanctifier. He is the Holy Spirit baptizer. He is our protector. He's our defender. He is Alpha and Omega. He is the beginning and the end. He is the Christ. He is the Messiah. He is the anointed one. He is the first and the last. He is the eternal God. He is the Holy One of Israel. He is Emmanuel, God with us. He is both just and justifier. He is the King of kings. He is the Lord of lords. He is the name above all names. He is the one who we worship and praise and adore. He is the peace giver and the peacemaker. Come on, somebody. He is the resurrection and the life. He is the truth. He is the way. He is the life. I'm talking about Jesus this morning. We ought to give him praise and glory in this house. But one of the titles that we must give Jesus is that of Redeemer. Redeemer. And we find this in the book of Titus chapter 2 verse 14 where it says that Jesus gave himself for us that he might redeem us. He's talking about dying on the cross that he might redeem us. In Romans chapter 3 verses 23 and 24 Paul said for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, being justified freely by his grace through the redemption, there it is, through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. So we know that Jesus is our redeemer. But what is redemption? How does it work? And that's what I want to focus on this morning. To put it simply, redemption has two facets or aspects to it. First of all, it means to buy back something which originally belonged to you, but you lost possession of it. The second aspect is where you pay a price to secure the freedom of someone who is in slavery or someone who is in 
captivity. So you own something, you lost it, but you bought it back. And someone is enslaved in captivity, and you pay a price to set them free. That's redemption. Someone has said that redemption is the means by which you are saved. So I want to break it down for you this morning. Just stay with me right here. First of all, when you are redeemed, according to the Bible, you are redeemed from something. You are redeemed from something. And so the Bible says that we are redeemed from the slavery of sin. Okay? Go to John chapter 8. You don't have to do it right now, but if you would look there, verse 34, Jesus is talking to a crowd, and he says to them, Most assuredly, I say to you, whoever commits sin is a slave to sin. So you are enslaved to sin if you are a sinner. In the book of Romans chapter 6, which is one of my favorite verse chapters in the Bible, Paul argues convincingly that if you are a sinner, you're away from God, that you are a slave to sin and a slave to unrighteousness and a slave to uncleanness. It's what you do because you have to obey your master of sin. He talks about literally the members of your body becomes instruments of unrighteousness, slaves to unrighteousness. Now, you may be sitting here this morning saying, whoa, preacher. Down south, that's what y'all call us, preacher. That's a southern thing, by the way. They don't really do that anywhere else in the United States, but that's a, that's a southern thing. I'm out in public, and people say, hey, preacher. I'm thinking, well, if I was incognito before, not anymore. Everybody in the restaurant knows what I do for a living. Preacher. And you may be saying, whoa, preacher. Now, I hear what you're saying, but I'm nobody's slave. I'm my own man. I'm my own woman. All right, I do my own thing. Nobody tells me, well, don't tell me I'm a slave. Well, now, hold on a minute. Let's just talk about this for a minute. If you repeatedly, habitually disobey God, and obey sin, you just need to go ahead, and admit, go ahead and admit sin is your master and sin is controlling your life. Don't fight it. It's the truth. If you are repeatedly, habitually following sin's commands while violating God's word, stop making excuses. You're under the control, the dominion of sin. Sin controls you. Now, if you're still arguing with me, let's just talk about this. I think this sort of wraps it up. You know you are enslaved to sin when you want to do what's right, but you go ahead and do wrong anyway. That's how you know you're enslaved to sin. Well, I wanted to do the right thing, but I, I don't know. I just I went ahead and did it anyway. And you know you are enslaved to sin when you choose to do wrong even though you know in your head and your heart that you want to do right. That's how you know you are enslaved to sin. And the Bible makes it clear that every one of us is a slave to sin. So you are redeemed from something, the slavery of sin. But then you are redeemed by something and someone. You with me? Redeemed from something redeemed by someone and something. And that someone is Jesus, and that something is his blood. You are a slave to sin, but Jesus comes in and, 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 and serves as the great emancipator to set you free. There is a verse in the Bible that I want you to mark this verse. This is a good verse. 
you need to know this verse. It's Mark 10, 45. Mark 10, 45. Highlight this verse. This verse needs to be special to you. Jesus is speaking and he said, For the Son of Man, talking about himself, For the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life a ransom for many. That word fits with what we're talking about today, a ransom. Now, do y'all know what a ransom is? If you've watched enough movies or TV shows, you'll see where somebody gets kidnapped and then the, the kidnappers say, we'll return them, but we want a ransom price of X amount of dollars. That's a ransom. A ransom is what's paid to set people free. I read this week about a couple of brothers in Argentina, Jorge and Juan Born, who were uh, very wealthy grain traders. And they were kidnapped by a far-left terrorist group, uh, the Montaneros. And these wealthy grain traders were held in captivity, this was in 1974, for nine months. But eventually they were released because their company, again, they were very wealthy, their company paid their captors, you ready for this? $60 million. $60 million. Now that's a lot of money. But in today's economy, that would be the equivalent of $293 million. Just to set two brothers free from captivity. Now, the reason I tell you that is that's a good example of a high ransom price. But when I talk about God the Father and about us as sinners and being redeemed, I understand that the holy demand of God for your freedom and for my freedom was not $293 million. That would not be enough to cover the price. As a matter of fact, there is no amount of money that can set you free from sin. God didn't demand gold or silver or jewels or diamonds. The penalty for sin is death. And so only a substitutionary death could pay sin's price. And so that's why we have the Christmas story and the Good Friday story and the Easter story is that Jesus came to this earth, robed with flesh, died on an old rugged cross. They put him in a tomb. But three days later, he came out in resurrection power and he paid the price for our sin. He shed his blood, gave his life to atone for your sin, to pay the ransom for your sin, to cancel your debt. You gotta understand this. He was both the payer and the payment. And only God could do that. In Ephesians chapter one, verse seven, the text that we read you see this, and now it makes this make sense to you. In him, we have redemption through his blood. In 1 Peter 1, 18 and 19, Peter said, You were not redeemed with corruptible things, perishable things like silver or gold, from your aimless conduct received by tradition from your fathers, but you were redeemed with the precious blood of Christ, as of a lamb without blemish and without spot. Listen, the currency for our redemption was the blood of Jesus. Now, back in the day, way long time ago, early church fathers were struggling with this, and there were some who got a concept in their mind that when Jesus shed his blood, okay, now, not literally. It's not like the Lord went back to Calvary and started scooping up buckets of his blood to carry somewhere, but representatively, that he took his blood through his death representatively 
they said that he took the blood to the devil. They, they said, well, if, if we were in captivity to sin and the devil, then Jesus took his blood and paid the devil off to set us free from sin. And, and it, it, up front, that may seem like it makes sense. But here's the problem. That's not how it works. We didn't sin against the devil. We sinned against God. Then Adam, and I'll get to this in a minute, sold us into slavery to the devil. So, but the devil didn't originally own us. God did. And so we sold ourselves into slavery. God is the one that was offended. Sins are against God. And so Jesus did not representatively, again, no buckets of blood here, go to, to the devil. He went to the Father. And that's why when he died, he went to heaven and he stood before the Father and representatively he went into the Holy of Holies in heaven and he took his blood and sprinkled it on the mercy seat in heaven and he stood before the Father and he said, it is finished. It is done. Redemption has been accomplished and now redemption can be applied. I have paid the price, Father, and whoever wants to, if they'll just believe and lean on my grace, I'll set them free. I'll somebody in this place ought to get happy and worship the Lord this morning about redemption. Hallelujah. So you see, you're redeemed from something and then you're redeemed by someone and something. But now you got to get the rest of the story. You are redeemed to something. So what am I redeemed to? I'm redeemed to a state of freedom and to ultimately this wonderful relationship with God where I just walk with him in fellowship now and forever. Listen, Jesus didn't liberate you so you can go back into the bondage of sin. I need to, I'm going to stay here for just a second. This is not in my notes. Jesus doesn't save you so you can turn around and go back into the very thing he delivered you from. I, I even heard recently of some folks connected with this church. Well, I, I think if their families that go to this church knew what they were doing, they'd be ashamed and embarrassed. Who are going out and doing things on the weekend and acting certain ways and partying and and doing things, but they want everybody to think they're a Christian. Let me tell you something. You're not a Christian if you're still acting and talking and living the way you did before Jesus found you. Are you hearing me? He whom the Son sets free is not half free, three-quarters free, nine-tenths free. He whom the Son sets free is free in Deed, And when he delivers you, he delivers you all the way. And you can't be half a child of hell and half a child of heaven. You can't be half a child of the devil and half a child of God. When he saves you, he sets you free. And you turn your back to the devil and sin in the world and say, you don't have control over me all there. They can yell and scream and say, do what we want you to do. We've had control over you for years. And you say, you don't anymore. There's one person who I talk to. There's one person who I listen to. There's one person that I obey and his name is Jesus. You didn't give your life for me. He did. Come on, y'all. And so when you live, you live your life for Jesus because he puts the Holy Spirit inside of you and there is an internal motivation that says, I don't want to do wrong anymore. I want to do what's right. 
So he redeems you to a life where you walk in fellowship with him and you serve God and you obey God and you live righteously. I love every song we sang today. Every song, I love them. And those songs are awesome. And I was just worshiping, praising the Lord. But you know, I go, I go old school every once in a while, don't I? And I thought when I was young, we used to sing, I'm free from the fear of tomorrow. And I'm free from the guilt of my past. For I've traded my shackles for a glorious song. I'm free, praise the Lord, free at last. Now, I'm going to tell you, when you get saved, that's what you sing. I'm free from the fear of tomorrow. And devil, I'm free from the guilt of my past. I've traded my shackles for a glorious song. And I'm not singing your song anymore. And I'm not walking according to your drumbeat anymore. And I'm not doing what you tell me to do anymore. I'm walking in the, in the light of his love. And I'm walking in relationship with Jesus. And whatever he says, that's what I'm going to do. That's who I'm going to serve. That's who I love with all my heart because he set me free. It's a change in your life. Let me tell you what happens when he sets you free. Free from something, by something, but free to. What am I free to, Pastor? You're free to treat people right now. You're free to love your neighbor as you love yourself. You're free to do good works for people so that they can see God inside of you. You're, you're free to live above sin. I don't know, somewhere, somehow, there's some preachers that started preaching that every day of your life, you're probably going to sin. I, I've actually heard this. I'm shocked by this. Did you know this? Some of you may have gone to church where you had preachers preach this. You're going to sin. Every day you're going to sin. And that, you know, you're just going to have to ask God to forgive you. That's what you do every day. And that's just, and listen, I'm standing here today to tell you, if, you got, if you've been set free from sin and God has changed you and the Holy Ghost lives inside of you, you should get up in the morning and live right. You should live right on the way to work. You ought to live right all day while you're at work. You ought to live right on the way home from work. You ought to live right while you're at home. And when you lay your bed down and head down on the bed at night, you ought to be able to say, I've had a good day, Lord. Thank you, Jesus, that I've walked in relationship with you and obedience to you. And sin didn't beat me today. Sin can't beat me today because the Holy Ghost help me to walk in righteousness and obedience to you come on y'all now this is preaching don't you give in to that thing where oh, I'm just going to sin today you'll start making excuses and then the devil will start grabbing handcuffs saying put your hands behind your back don't you do it don't go back don't be tangled again with a yoke of bondage that's what the bible says for freedom you have been set free there is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Holy Spirit. Watch this. For the law of the spirit of love in Christ Jesus has set me free from the law of sin and death. You know the laws tell you what to do? The devil doesn't have any law over me. He has no legal claim over me anymore. Jesus does. See? The law of the spirit of Christ, of life in Christ Jesus has set me free from the law of sin and death. 
So, see, I do what he's the law of my life. He tells me what to do, and I serve him. That's freedom. Because the devil's going to tell me to do stuff that will ultimately destroy myself. It will destroy my relationships with people. It will destroy everything. But Jesus loves me and cares for me and takes care of me. You're free to talk to God, walk daily with him. So I'm going to put it in a nutshell, and then I'm going to land this plane. Jesus is your redeemer. Now, you originally belonged to God in Adam. However, when Adam sinned, you, along with the rest of humanity, were separated from God by sin. That's why the Bible says, for all of sin and fall short of the glory of God. David said, I was conceived in my mother's womb in iniquity. It's Adam's fault. But he was the federal head of the human race. He represented all of us, so we're all guilty. All right? And, they, and Adam sold you into slavery to sin and the devil. But here's what I'm preaching. Through his death on the cross, by his blood, Jesus paid for your redemption. And when you believe on that, and you have faith in that, and you lean on God's grace and receive it as a gift, you are freed from the power of sin and the devil. You don't belong to them anymore. You belong to Jesus. He purchased you with his blood, and he doesn't make you. See, you say, am I just trading one slave master for another? Oh, no. I serve him. I serve him. I mean, that's just the case. He's the king. He's God. I'm a human, and, and I'm his servant. But he doesn't just make me a servant. He adopts me as his child, and he loves me, and he says, everything I've got belongs to you. I'm going to give it all to you. I'm going to give you the greatest inheritance you've ever had in your life, and then I can just walk with him and live with him. That's why we say that I'm no longer a slave to sin. I am a child of God. Hallelujah. That's what redemption is all about. Isn't that powerful? How, come on, somebody shout hallelujah. Because I know you want to. Hallelujah. Remember right now, I just want to say thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, for what you did for me. Hallelujah. Now I'm coming to a close with this. One of these days, there is going to be a redemption of the redeemed. A redemption of the redeemed. And this is what I read in verse 14. Paul says in verse 7, in him you have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins. But Paul goes on a few verses later and says, one of these days there's going to be a redemption of the purchased possession, a redemption of the redeemed. Now what is he talking about? Well, let me use an analogy to help you understand. I'm a Ford man. I drive a Ford pickup truck. Don't bless my heart, bless your heart. I'm not going to drive a Chevy. I don't drive a Dodge. I drive a Ford. I want a good truck. Now, let's just suppose that I'm a rich preacher. And I decide that I'm going to go over here to the Ford dealership in Anderson, South Carolina. And I'm going to buy a 2021 brand new, fully loaded King Ranch F-150 truck. I mean, it's got everything in it and on it. I mean, leather seats, you slide into it and you don't want to drive, you want to sleep. 
I'm talking about they got a little thing down there to massage your feet while you're riding down the road. They don't have that, but wouldn't that be cool? And I go up to that dealership and I say to the, I, say, I want the general manager. Don't give me a salesman, I want the general manager. The general manager comes out and says, what can I do for you? I said, I know a salesman's going to help me, but I want to talk to you. I said, you see that 2021 King Ranch over there with everything in it, including the foot massage? And he's going to say, yeah. I say, I want it, and I'm going to pay you cash for it right now, cash money. I'm going to hand you cash, and, I'm drive, and it's mine. Well, that general manager's going to say, yes, sir. They're going to they're get the papers out. They're going to sign everything, get everything signed. I'm going to hand them the money, whether that's a check, debit card, or just cold, hard cash. And that man, general manager is going to grab those keys and say, here you go, Mr. Sestar. Take your truck. And I'm going to say, oh, no. I've got to go on a business trip. I've got to leave right now. I don't even have time to take that truck home. What I need you to do is I need you to put that key in a drawer. And you put my name on it. Put my name on it. Y'all smart people. Y'all watching by online. Put my name on it. And I want you to go out there and put a sold sign on that King Ranch. And don't you sell that truck to anybody else. Don't you let anybody get it. Don't you let anybody get it dirty. Don't let them scratch it. You, you take care of my truck. And when I get back, I'll get it. And so that manager puts that truck in a safe place. He puts a sold sign on it. And some rich guy in Anderson, South Carolina, comes in that lot and sees that truck and walks up to the general manager and says, I want that truck. What are they going to say to him? Oh, yeah, we'll sell you that truck. Oh, no, can't. They say, can't. That truck's already been sold. But I like it. I want it. Nope, you can't have it. That truck belongs to somebody else. Yeah, but I want to drive it. I'll, I got all, I got, how much money did it? doesn't matter. The price has already been paid. It's already got somebody else's name on the deed. On the title, somebody else's name's there. What if one of the, what if one of the salesmen says, man, we don't know when he's coming back. Let's go get the key out of the drawer, go mudding in that thing. Let's go get that thing dirty. General manager's going to say, oh, no, you're not. You can't drive this truck. This belongs to Mr. Sestar. You are not going to drive. You can't touch that truck. Don't you get that truck dirty. You leave it be, and they'll take care of it. And they wash it every day, and they keep it clean for me. And time goes by, and then one day, unexpectedly, I walk in the dealership. Mr. General Manager, Mr. Sestar, you made it back. I did, and I'm here to pick up my truck. Where is it? Oh, we've kept it. It's right over here. Has anybody got it dirty? No, sir. We've kept it clean. Every once in a while, some pollen and dirt would get on it, but we'd go out there and we'd spray it off. Because every once in a while, you know, things in this world get, get you dirty, but you can get clean. But it's clean, it's detailed, it's new, it's ready. Here's the key. Is there gas in it? All the gas tanks full. Here's, you already got the paperwork. Here are the keys. And I'm going to go out there and I'm going to open that door and climb up in my King Ranch, turn my foot massager on. I hope somebody working for the Ford company hears me right now and puts that in trucks. I'll just take 1% of all sales for my idea. 
and I'm going to get in my truck, and I'm going to drive off and take that thing home. Now, you know why I'm telling you that little story? Because that's exactly what I'm preaching with redemption. Jesus Christ has saved you, and he has purchased you with his blood. You have been paid for in full. But he had to go home. He had to go off someplace else. And he said, but I'm coming back one of these days. And he said, you just wait for me. I'm coming. And he said, don't you let anybody in this world talk you out of this sale. Don't you sell yourself to the devil or the world. Don't you start romping around in this world and get muddy in this world. You keep yourself pure. You keep yourself on this dealership lot. Keep yourself, see, because we're in this world, but we're not of this world. And you, you go to work and you live your life, but you just make sure that you always remain my possession and my property. When you mess up, just confess it. And when we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us and to cleanse us of all unrighteousness. Every once in a while, you're going to have to spray the filth off the world. Every once in a while, you got to get your feet cleaned off because you got a little dirty and said or did something you shouldn't have done but you just stay faithful to me and here's what Paul is saying one of these days Jesus Christ is going to come back with to get the keys to the car he's coming back to get you he's coming back to get me and he's going to take us to heaven and we're going to go be with him forever and ever and ever and ever come on somebody you ought to be praising and worshiping and blessing Jesus in this house Hallelujah. Come on, stand to your feet and give him a hand clap of praise. Come on, give him praise this morning. Thanks for listening. Be sure to join us Sunday mornings. Our service times are 9 o'clock and 1045. For more information, please visit us at highpraises.org.